keeps me safe and comfortable right where I'm at. If I let go of the belief, that would mean I'd actually have to start challenging myself in my career, in my finances, in my independence, in my relationships, how I spend my time. I would be fully risking discomfort. I also have to dust off this mic right now. Gross. Hey, how's it going? How are you? How have you been? I kind of wish that I recorded this episode last week, but I think it'll be better now. I was just in such a happy, high-ass mood that like, I wish I could bring you that positive energy. Um, it's not that I don't have positive energy, but it's a little bit different now and we'll get into why and everything, but I think it's important. I think I'll have more to say now that I've recorded it. I'm recording this a week after being home from my little Europe excursion. I have so much to share with you. I wrote out like a little outline in my notes app and I was like, holy shit, this might have to be two episodes. This is going to be the longest episode yet. And it's also my 10th episode. Uh, super excited. Happy 10 episodes. If you've been listening since the beginning, thank you as always for sticking around on my journey with me. Oh, also, um, hi, how are you? If you're new here, my name is Bryn uh, from Balance with Bryn on Instagram and TikTok. And this is my podcast. If you don't follow me on either social media, which I'm assuming in order to listen to this podcast, you probably do. Um, anyways, you probably wouldn't know that I went to Europe a couple different places for the past three weeks. I left in, I think, like September, on September 15th, and I got back October 9th. So I'm back home now, and this episode is basically the whole Reader's Digest recap, everything I learned, my Eat, Pray, Love 2022 journey. So I have so much to share with you. Buckle up. This is going to be a long one. Grab a snack, a tea, a cop of coffee. If you're on a hot girl walk or a hot boy walk, love that. Let's get our miles in today. If you're going for a drive, focus on the road be safe but yeah grab a snack buckle up let's do this I wish I had a couple of my friends here to tell some stories from the trip as well but um this one is kind of going to be more of everything that I learned and of course the deeper juicier side of things so my last few episodes were on the mm, more negative side I Before I left for Europe, I was just not really in a great space. The weeks leading up to it, I was okay because obviously I had something to look forward to. But for the most part, the whole summer, especially like the second half of summer, July and August, were a little bit heavier for me. So I was really, really looking forward to the trip for change, for a new perspective. 
if you didn't listen to, I think it was two episodes ago, um, where I just kind of talked about grieving and everything, I'm just going to give you a little recap backstory of that because it will play a role into what I'm going to say. Basically, in July, I was just kind of going through a lot of change. Nothing terribly big or bad necessarily was happening in my life. It was just like, I quit my job. Um, I was getting a lot of new friends. I was having new experiences. Um, I had lost someone from high school that I knew and that kind of like shattered my world. I basically was just kind of losing my faith and sense of spirituality. I was kind of angry at the world and I was distracting myself with going out with new friends and just doing or just being very social I should say and don't get me wrong I have made um, I made amazing friends during that time and I love all of the experiences that I had and every second of it um but it was kind of a distraction in a sense for myself which is what I needed at the time for sure but I was really moving away from my spirituality and really almost angry at the universe in a sense. I was feeling very, very hopeless and there were certain points where I was feeling lower than I have in a very, very long time. But I think all of that was leading up to this trip. So we'll come back to that part. Let me just give you a breakdown too of the trip. So, I left on September 15th, I said, and I flew to New York to meet up with my friends and then we, three of us, left from New York and went to Cyprus, which is like a Greek and Turkish island um, somewhere in the Mediterranean. And there we did a one-week meditation and manifestation retreat. Which I'm not sure how much detail I want to go in on that just because it was such a personal experience and also like I kind of want to keep it as mine but there was a lot that I learned from it that I think is important to share as well so we will go into detail of that. But then at the end of the retreat my friends went home and I continued on to Germany where I met my cousin in Germany. We stayed for a few days in Germany, went to Oktoberfest, and then took a train to Switzerland, did Switzerland for a couple days, and then flew to Lisbon and did Lisbon, which is in Portugal, for a few days, and then flew home. So all in all, I was gone for about three weeks, and one of those weeks was the whole meditation retreat. So I did a lot in two weeks, the other two weeks. I did, covered a lot of ground. So if you follow me on Instagram, it looks like I had the time of my life and believe it or not, I actually did have, it, I, it, it was the best three weeks of my entire life. But that being said, there was a lot of hard work that had to be done, especially in that first week at the meditation retreat in order for me to also enjoy the following two weeks as much as I did and it was the depth of the experience also like all the ups and the downs that made it the best three weeks. 
so again, heading into the trip, I was very excited and feeling very sociable, very distracted from my shit, very um, just in like a fun mindset. I was ready to explore, ready to learn, and I was open, very open to experience in general. And I knew on the meditation retreat I was going to have to eventually kind of like start digging through some of my shit. And that is exactly what we did. The whole trip was meditation and manifestation, obviously. Um, And a huge, huge piece of manifestation is your belief systems and how much you believe in yourself and believe in your manifestations. And again, I was at a point where I was not really believing in the universe at all. So I was just kind of trying to get myself the first couple days to believe in it and I wanted to believe in it so bad like through all of the workshops and things we were doing the meditation was great I was learning a lot about meditation I was enjoying the meditations and enjoying kind of implementing that practice Um, but the manifestation workshops I was open to and really really wanting to dive into and believe but still struggling with my frustration in a sense at the universe and like not really knowing where my beliefs were like do I believe that we're just highly evolved science-based evolution monkeys or is there something more is there energy spirit um can I create the world And at the time, too, I didn't really realize that that was what I was struggling with. I just felt like this underlying frustration um, and I was just kind of struggling to get into the whole, the retreat as a whole. That was until I kind of came to that realization that I was battling with my head and my heart almost. At the beginning of the retreat, I wrote a list of some of the things that I wanted to work on, all of the negative aspects of my mind that have been severely holding me back and creating like storm clouds in my head. And a lot of these things too were coming to the surface because of the environment and the experience that we were having. Um, I'll share a few of them that were most prominent for sure was my competitiveness and my competitive nature um not my competitive nature which I found out it's not it's not a innate thing it is a learned thing through insecurity because where I was at when I was writing this I lacked so much self-worth and I felt so I felt that mindset of lack I felt very competitive I felt very much like there's not enough abundance to go around there's not enough to go around so therefore I compare and I compete and I label and I judge 
and I seek out attention and external validation. And I also was getting very egocentric while also being very self-loathing simultaneously. So a lot of that was coming up to the surface and I wrote it down immediately the very first day. The very first thing in my journal is just this list of I literally drew a little doodle of a brain with a bunch of storm clouds and I'm looking at it right now and it's the list of judging, labeling, competitiveness, lack, self-worth, complaining, egocentric, obsession, attachment, external validation, and so on and I just wrote out all of the things that are clouding my brain, were clouding my brain on a daily basis. I worked through, I would say, two major things, beliefs, throughout the week. Um, The whole time I thought I was working through my feelings of, or my belief that I was not worthy of love, attraction, of sex, um, because I believed that my body was not attractive enough for those experiences. And that was the main belief that I thought I was working through. And I did work through that. Um, But obviously, connecting back to what we were talking about before, I was simultaneously working through my belief or I should say disbelief in the universe, in magic, in creation and energy and spirituality. So as I was working through the one belief and as I was working through the week, I was also working through my beliefs in spirituality and kind of as a whole. Like they kind of worked hand in hand as I was working through my feelings of lack and there not being enough to go around. I was also realizing, okay, well just because there's a million other people that want to be doing the same thing that you're doing doesn't mean that there's not enough to go around. I had one experience that I really want to share as well that changed my whole perspective. It was definitely a turning point on the trip for me. Um, There's this beautiful, amazing sunshine soul named Brona that I met on the trip and I'm literally tearing up just thinking about her. (laughs) We were sitting in a class one day and I was feeling really low and frustrated again just with my spiritual beliefs and I forget what question I posed but Brona answered it in a way that made me understand it and it resonated with me a lot and it wasn't even that realization that changed anything for me it was a realization that one person out of all the 25 people sitting here and the person that's running this thing resonated with me said something in a way that changed the way that I think that she explained it so that I could understand it and she changed my whole perspective on a certain subject and the fact that she did that made me realize that the way you say things, the way that I say things is important. The way that I show up in the world uniquely as myself is important that my words are valuable and yeah I might be saying the same thing as the person next to me but the way that I explain it I'm literally crying right now the way that (laughs) fuck 
the way that I explain it is important to someone, will resonate with someone, will change another person's life. And the way that the person next to me explains it is going to change the way that a couple other different people are going to understand it. I'm not sure if I'm explaining this right, but basically it just made me feel important in a way. Along with my disbelief in spirituality, I was also just kind of like struggling with not seeing my purpose or my value. Like there's all these other people that want to be doing the same thing that I want to be doing. Why, what, why would I do it too? I was so set in there's, there's a top dog. Like I was so set in that competitive mindset that only one of us wins. Only one of us can do this. There's a bunch of other people. There's millions of other people out there doing what I want to do. Why Why would I also do it if I can't be the best and they're already doing it? There's 7 billion people on this planet. We all have unique experiences. I'm assuming a lot of us are conscious. What's, why, what is the point? So that one thing that she said that resonated with me totally changed my perspective that, oh, the way that Brona said this to me changed my mind. Maybe the way that, and there were three other people trying to explain the same thing, but the way that she explained it made sense to me. So maybe the way I explain things makes sense to you, makes sense to somebody else that resonates with them and changes their life. And it's just a ripple effect. And that's how change happens in the world. It's not one person, one top dog that can do one thing that takes over one subject that takes over one field and yeah there are those people but there are still a lot of people making really great change on a smaller a smaller scale and making qualitative change so that and one other experience kind of pulled me back into my spirituality and made me feel like I matter and I deserve to be here and I can show up in this life and I'm important and valued. I think I already said that. (laughs) Midway through the week, I also wrote down a page of just kind of random things, books that people mentioned, um, just like little tidbits here and there that weren't necessarily like in alignment with the lectures and stuff they were going through. And something I wrote down was... I literally just said, I have trouble with brain versus spirit. Where is the line drawn for you? And that was a question that I wanted to ask. And again, this was in the middle of the week where I was like, shit, like I'm really struggling with where my mind's at versus where my heart is at or my spirit, like my, these two conflicting beliefs. You pair a really intuitive, spiritually innate based person with someone that is equally as logical, studied psychology, and loves science, and you're getting a lot of conflict. So I wrote down the question, um, and I intended to ask it separately later on, but after I wrote it down, literally after I wrote it down, the next thing he talked about was the heart. And he gave us some resources to look up science for, like, the heart's energy. 
and how the heart and the brain kind of work together and how our heart is the energy center and how our hearts are created first and there are actual brain cells in our heart and our heart communicates more to our brain than our brain communicates to our heart and all of the science behind it and I was like oh my god thank you (laughs) so I'm still doing my research but a lot of that has also really kind of brought me back to my spirituality although after that I literally (laughs) I'm looking at my journal it says um, I look at how many fucking people are on this planet and I have trouble believing the universe works for everyone. So again, um, still something that I was just working through and it wasn't until, I don't know what day it was, but perhaps later that night that I finally kind of worked through that through a couple conversations. Um, side note, if you're interested in any of the heart-brain coherence, heart-unity-centered consciousness stuff um you can look up heart math heart h-e-a-r-t math m-a-t-h university or heart brain coherence um i'm starting to look some of that stuff up and do some research on that um and it's very very interesting to me so maybe you would like it so that was obviously a huge block for me in manifestation. Obviously, how are you supposed to manifest if you're not even sure if manifestation is legit? So simultaneously, I was also working through my beloved, my cherished problem that I keep so close to my heart that I kept, I should say, in the past, kept so close to my heart my feelings and my beliefs that I am not worthy enough for love. So, I was, I had been, I had been, sorry, I'm working on putting that in the past. I had been not worthy enough. And to my surprise, not to out anybody else there, but a lot of other people were working with that very same or similar beliefs. So, I'm sharing this, um, although I don't want to share this necessarily. I'm sharing this because I know that there's a couple of you, at least, that also feel similarly. So, maybe you will be able to work through this through my story of working through it. So, again, if you're not new here, um, we've talked about this plenty of times before, I feel like. The feeling that my body is not attractive enough for to be worthy as a human being for love, um, has been at the forefront of all of my problems since I was seven years old. And I realized that I was different than the person next to me than the person next to them. So I'm not going to go into too much detail because I'm sure you've heard me talk your ear off about this already. Um, but basically this belief came from, a whole slew of places, right? you my own personal experiences, um, the way the media spoke about women growing up, the value and the importance that has been placed on the size of a woman's body, the environments that I was in with working out at a young age and sports and having some dietary restrictions growing up, um, being intolerant to gluten set me on the path of dieting at like eight years old. Hearing how guys talk about other girls, um, that don't look like me or do look like me, you know? And then receiving intermittent reinforcement 
um, with attention, whether that was from parents or guys, whatever. You get the point. I'm sure you've felt it too. And as we all know, like I kind of mentioned before, I've been working through this for the past couple years. I've been trying very, very hard to rid myself of this belief for the past couple years. And it wasn't until I sat down in a group of 20 other women who were also working through their shit in an immersive environment in a place that felt creative and free and empowering was I able to make the tiny little realizations that made me finally let go of this belief. And again, I don't really want to go into too much detail about like the certain workshops that we did um, and like the things about letting go. Um, I don't know. It was like every day there were just little things that changed my mind that gave me evidence that I am worthy and that I am lovable. It was literally just so much as being around 20 other women of all different shapes and sizes and backgrounds and seeing the good in them and the value in them and the beauty in them and seeing them be successful that was like, oh, I'm part of them. I'm one of them as well. I was able to finally start seeing the beauty and the value in myself. I think that group setting was definitely really powerful. Another important thing was kind of realizing the behaviors, the tiny little behaviors I participate in that showcase that belief or that um, even perhaps reinforce that belief. We don't realize that we we love our problems. We love to stay the same. We don't like change. We would so much rather be right than be wrong, obviously, but so much so that we will continue jeopardizing our peace and our happiness and our joy and our success and our evolution to stay right. We will continue to cherry pick evidence for our belief, even the beliefs that hurt us, so that we don't have to be wrong so that we don't have to grow and change and evolve because that is far scarier than continuing on with the same belief that you have had your whole life. For example, if you're someone that plays victim or you know someone that plays victim um, and they say they have this belief that the universe is out to get them or that their life sucks and that they are just nothing ever works out for them. And perhaps they got that belief from some experiences that they, that they had growing up. Their whole adult life, ever since they had that first, second experience of that, they're continuing to cherry pick those negative experiences. They're continuing to cherry pick that evidence for that belief. They're always going, like, what what's the phrase? If you're always looking for a red car, you're always going to see a red car, right? Is that the phrase? If you're always looking, if you have this belief that nothing ever works out for you, then your mind is always going to be finding evidence for that. Our brain works in a way where we want to prove ourselves right, right? Like, if you say that 
you're really bad at remembering people's names. All the little doodads in your brain are going to be like, okay, boss, we'll make sure that you never remember anyone's name. We'll make sure that we find evidence for your belief that life sucks, that you're not good enough, that, that you're not worthy of love, whatever your belief may be. So a huge, huge piece of this breakthrough for me was identifying those behaviors and identifying when I am cherry picking out evidence to support the belief that I am not worthy of love or that my body is not good enough. And now once I see it, once I'm aware of it, I can't unsee it. So now I know. Now I've exposed myself and that is the first and hardest step is exposing yourself to yourself. Cat's out of the bag now. You're a liar. You're a fraud, Bryn. This is the evidence you've been showing yourself when there's all this other evidence that proves, that disproves the belief as well. And you're blatantly ignoring it and choosing to take these tiny little pieces of other evidence that aren't necessarily true. It almost becomes like an addiction too, especially if it's rooted in like some sort of validation, right? We love we love validation. So a lot of the feelings that I was receiving from these behaviors that I was participating in that supported my beliefs were reassurance and validation and acceptance and a little hug of my ego and safety and security and this false sense of love. And it's tiny, teeny, tiny little behaviors too where it's like if someone were to give me a compliment... I'd be like, no, you really think so? Or like, no, that couldn't be me. Like, I deflect the compliment specifically, subconsciously, just to hear them say it again to reaffirm and revalidate that so I can confirm. And I'm like, I'm always fiending for evidence to reject that negative belief, but I'm never allowing myself to accept it myself if that makes sense I'm just constantly looking for it externally because that belief that I'm not good enough started with external evidence to begin with so I need external evidence to disprove it I guess huh I'm kind of having a realization right now. <laughs> ay ay ay. Um yeah, so anyways, a question that they asked us was are you ready to release this belief? Are you ready to let go of this block? And everyone was like, yeah, and like so enthusiastic and feeling empowered and ready to let go and I was like, fuck no. Like I am not ready. You cannot take this belief away from me. This has been my crutch. This has literally been my secret little guilty pleasure. My, it's been my everything. It's been my whole identity. I've rooted my purpose in this belief for the past 15 years. I am not ready to just let it go like that. This belief keeps me safe and comfortable right where I'm at. If I let go 
of the belief, that would mean I'd actually have to start challenging myself in my career, in my finances, in my independence, in my relationships, how I spend my time. I would be fully risking discomfort. And the whole time I'm like, well, shit, now that I know this, I can't go back, right? So when I go home and I know all this shit, I have to move forward with my life. I have to let go of this belief because most of my days, I mean, think about how much time and energy I used to spend in a gym trying to change my body. My whole, my whole world, my whole identity was the gym. It was in changing my body. It was in quote-unquote health. I'm doing bunny ears because I thought it was health. And in July, when I stopped going to the gym, when I had all those injuries, I was kind of like losing my sense of identity. And then I was sitting in my room and I was thinking about life all the time. Then I spiraled. But obviously, I needed that to make space for these realizations to happen so that I can move on with my life. But I mean, even growing up my whole life was like my only goal that I've ever had. My only true goals that I've really ever rooted myself in and put any sort of energy and effort and determination in has literally been changing my body I might be more lovable so that I might get more attention if I let go of this belief I have to start thinking about like what else I want to do with my life like what do I want to do what do I want to be what kind of career path do I want to go on and it's not that I haven't considered any of that before or thought of it but I've distracted myself I've thought about it and then I've gone to the gym. I've thought about it and then I've poured myself into changing my body and stood in front of the mirror and spiraled that way because I know that spiral. I know that how that system works. I've been doing it since I was seven. I can handle a clothes fit. I can handle hating my body because I've done that before. I don't know if I can handle really looking at myself and saying, what the fuck do you want to do? Or really putting myself out there and starting to like, I don't know, apply for a job or something. Go to an interview. Start trying and failing at things. Like, that's uncomfortable to me. I don't want to do that. So no, I'm not ready to let go of these beliefs. So everyone was just like, fuck yeah, I'm ready to let go. And I literally just sat there and didn't say anything. And I was so upset and so frustrated. Because, like, who really wants to let go of these beliefs? Who does? So, finally, by the end of that little masterclass, um, I got to a point where I wrote in my journal, no, I'm not ready to let go of this belief. It's my pacifier, my blankie, my crutch, my rose-colored glasses. But I am ready to step into the next version of myself. And that requires me to let go of this belief. Therefore, I have to, ready or not. And that literally makes me tear up again, (laughs) especially because after being a week from being home, after, hello, after being a week home, I still find myself like, okay, I'm in sitting in the same room, in the same environment that I left with these same when I had these same beliefs, standing in front of the mirror, looking at myself, comparing myself, thinking about changing my body and it's like it took pulling myself out of this environment to want to be the next version of myself and I don't want to lose sight of that like I'm scared shitless to boss up I'm scared shitless to evolve I'm scared shitless to step into my potential 
I'm scared of my own power. But it's time. It's time to start taking baby steps in that direction. And the only way I can do that is if I let go of this stupid fucking belief that I'm not good enough. So quite literally from that moment forward, along, like I said, with all the other little realizations I was having um, and evidence that was coming up for the belief that I am worthy enough, I, I started shifting my mindset completely. And although, yes, especially being in the same environment that I am, that I was in with those beliefs, a lot of those beliefs are coming up again, but for the most part, I'm keeping that shit in the past. So, yes, on the surface, if you follow me on Instagram, the trip looked like the trip of a lifetime. It looked bougie and beautiful and so amazing and it was but it also was a lot of work it also was completely transformational I also sobbed my eyes out I also felt really fucking low And I was not unique in that experience at all. There were a lot of girls there that have gone through so much more shit, so much, such heavier trauma. And that's not to like put down my own feelings, but um, they've just gone through so fucking much. And that in and of itself like lifted me up. Not, I, that came out wrong. I think, in a sense, we all kind of supported each other. Like, their strength helped me be like, all right, Bryn, come fucking on. Get your shit together. So, me and my friends stayed a few extra days um, just to kind of recap, regroup from the retreat. Um, and they had left for the airport and I was still sitting in the hotel and I just got my, I meditated, I got my journal out and I kind of just want to read this little piece that I journal just because it kind of sums everything up for me. This trip saved me. I had no idea it could change the entire trajectory of my life. It gave me something to believe in again. It gave me hope. It gave me community. It gave me healing. It gave me empowerment. It gave me freedom and it gave me challenge. I don't want to victimize myself, but it saved me. I saved me. I put in the work. I'm open to change, growth, and education. If I was not open, others' words couldn't have changed me. So I sit here at a brown round wooden table, looking out at the most beautiful blue water I'd ever seen, I've ever seen, embraced by the warm sun, in utter gratitude for every single person who I met this week and exchanged space and words and connection with, for the beauty I'm surrounded by, for myself for getting me here and staying open, for the education and impact I have received, and for my friends for showing me goodness and love. So, although I cannot explain the depth and all of the experiences that I had, um, because I'm going to keep those to myself in my heart forever, um, you kind of get the gist that it was an unforgettable and life-changing experience. Oh wait, I forgot I wanted to... (laughs) 
there are some takeaways, um, retreat takeaways I also wrote down that I want to share with you. The first one, yeah, there's a lot of people here on this earth doing the same thing that you're doing. There are people much more conscious. There are millions of people who have or want to start a podcast. There are millions of people with your same dreams and goals and yet none of them are you. None of them explain things the exact way you do or see things in the exact way you do. You will never be the number one human. It's not a thing. It's not a competition. Changing growth is scary. It means the loss of a lot of things, including a version of yourself and a crutch and a story, an identity you found belonging in. You're not living up to your potential in the slightest, and you didn't know this until now. You would attach yourself to this belief that you're not good enough to be loved as a distraction so that you would not have to face the challenges, discomfort, and loss that comes with growth. You are magic. You are magic. Regardless of all logic, you were born from energy. Your heart was the first thing made and the rest of you took shape around it. That's magic. Therefore, you are magic. Meditation has the potential to feel better than any dopamine rush. Fucking meditate, Bren. There is no such thing as normal-sized. My body is perfect and it is magic. You are everything and everything is you. Most people are good. Don't judge a book by its cover. And lastly, you've brainwashed yourself into limiting beliefs. You can brainwash yourself into supporting beliefs. You cherry-pick evidence all day to support your negative belief just to be right. Play victim and stay comfortable. So be wrong. Change the narrative. Choose a belief that will serve you and cherry-pick the evidence for that. So basically, we talked about everything, um, but that's just a summary right there for you. Okay, I'm going to take a quick water break. Before we get into Germany. Okay, I'm back. You didn't know I was gone, but we're refreshed. So now that I'm, again, home from the trip, sometimes I'm like, kind of wish that I did the meditation retreat after my little European adventure but at the same time, I wouldn't have had the experiences that I had if I didn't do the meditation retreat before. So, I don't know. It all worked out. Um, but I have to get myself back into meditation retreat mode because it was like, I went from a meditation and manifestation retreat to Oktoberfest in Munich, Germany. Like, if that ain't balance with brand. But the meditation retreat allowed me to fully be in an experience with all five of my senses and presence and lightness and positivity the experience of Europe. So the next three stops were far more surface level and fun well, although I did have a lot of fun <laughs> in Cyprus as well, but this was a lot more based in having a good time and just like experiencing pleasure through all five of my senses and enjoying the presence. 
everyone asks which was my favorite, Germany, Switzerland, or Portugal, and I literally cannot compare any of them. Like, each one had its own amazingly unique experience, and oh my god, I'm gonna make this into a lesson. It's crazy. It's like, how many freaking countries are there? And... (laughs) And all of them are so unique and serve their own purpose and give their own experience much like people. (laughs) That was such a cringy... Whatever. Anyways. We stayed in hostels. So it was me and my cousin and we stayed in hostels the whole way. And I'm a little suburban ass bitch. I hate to admit it. Um, But I've never done like the the hostel route. So I was a little bit nervous, but a lot of the hostels that we looked up seemed really nice. And let me tell you, the hostels were the best decision ever. I mean, first of all, in terms of pricing, granted, um, like the Germany hostel, I think was a little bit more expensive. There were a few hostels that were a little bit more expensive because of either like the location or the time. Um, but I don't think we spent more than $80. Our cheapest was probably $25 a night. And most hostels are generally around $20 to $30 a night. So there were some days where I spent more money on food than I did like sleeping and showering and making friends. I highly, highly recommend hostels. They have very clean and safe ones. I mean, everyone that's staying in them for the most part is just other people trying to have a good time in Europe. A lot of them, like, are youth hostels. There's a bunch of 18 to 25-year-olds in some of them. Um, I did have a few where there was just a huge toss-up of people um, and then other hostels that were more geared towards that 18 to 25 range or the 20-somethings range. But all in all, like, the hostels were the best experience. I mean, you literally, it's like staying in, like, a college dorm room. Is it the most lavish? No. But in terms of socializing and making friends, it was honestly more rare that it was just me and my cousin than, like, us with other people. I met so many incredible people and just like the coolest fucking people literally just from the hostels like sitting downstairs on the couches just talking to people at night and then before you know it you're running and flying off of a mountain with them the next day so if you're listening to this because you are interested in doing some sort of European adventure I highly 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 recommend staying in the hostels the whole experience of it is incredible. I think this trip, I also realized I'm a lot more, not necessarily extroverted. I'm definitely, definitely introverted. I need my time alone, but I'm very outgoing still. Like, I still want to talk to a lot of people, and I love meeting people, and I've also just been in a very social energy lately, so I just loved making friends and learning from people. Like, that's just the freaking best. It's just learning from other people's experiences and you get such cool experiences when you don't have a plan and you just like fly by the seat of your pants and just talk to the person next to you sitting at a bar and all of a sudden like you're on some crazy adventure. That is literally how we did Oktoberfest for fucking free. 
Yeah, you heard that right. We did Oktoberfest for free. And if you don't know, and I didn't know this before, so I don't expect you to know this, Oktoberfest in Munich, Germany is fucking huge. Like thousands and thousands of people per tent. I say, like, I again, you can't see it, put bunny ears around the word tent. Um, these are like huge structures that stay up all year long. And there's there's got to be like at least 20 tents or something and I mean like it's a it's I don't know how to explain this um it's just like a huge amusement park essentially with just (laughs) beer halls and people book out tables years in advance and you cannot like you can't just get a beer unless you're sitting at a table so it's like very difficult to get a table and I mean it's not that hard like you can do it you can just walk in but for the most part like you should have a reservation like a couple months in advance if not a year so the night before it's the first day me and my cousin are in Germany um we're just walking through this one part of town that's a little bit far away from our hostel and we stumble into a bar and we're like ah we'll get a drink whatever and we sit there. It's, did I say this already? It's the night before Oktoberfest and the first day that we were there. We don't have like um, dirndls yet. Dirndls are like the outfits um, that you're supposed to wear, like the traditional outfits. We don't have a plan at all. We're just like, yeah, we're going to Oktoberfest tomorrow. We don't really know <laughs> where to go. We talked to our server earlier in the night about like what tent we should go to and we've just kind of like been talking to people the whole day trying to get information where it's at um trying to get I don't know friends to meet there I don't know so we're sitting at this bar I'm like I'm fine I'll have like one drink whatever and we were sitting there for a while and we're about to leave and then we turn and there's these two guys that have been sitting there they've probably like in their 50s or something. They've been sitting there the whole time we've been there, but we just didn't really notice them. And my cousin was like, oh my God, he's got, um, I think it was a New Jersey shirt, a New Jersey shirt on. And I hadn't been listening, honestly. Like I just assume everyone's talking in German. So I didn't even recognize if they were from America or not, or if they were speaking English. But she was like, he's got a New Jersey shirt on. Um, and then we both, like, I looked, turned my head, and they're sitting, like, right next to us, so they can tell if we're staring at them, and I was blatantly staring at a shirt, and I was just staring at it for a while, um, trying to figure out what the town was, and we were talking about it, and kept looking back and forth, and then all of a sudden, they said something, they're like, you, where are you from? (laughs) And we got into a conversation, um, about how they're from New Jersey, or, oh, fuck, I forget where they're from. They're from somewhere on the East Coast, and, um, and they live in various parts of Europe. And we were just like, yeah, we're here for Oktoberfest just for a couple days. Um, and they were like, we've planned, we booked a table three years ago before COVID. This is our first Oktoberfest in years. Um, but we used to do it every single year. We're super excited. We have this table for 10, like you're supposed to book out a while in advance and we just reserved a whole table um they kind of like did the whole breakdown of how Oktoberfest works for us and then they were like there's only four of us you guys should come tomorrow they're like it'll be great like free food free drinks you guys can sit with us then that way we won't have strangers because they'll fill the table regardless of the fact that we reserved it 
and we're just like fuck yeah and these guys were like they were just wholesome dads you know like they had daughters our age um they were showing us pictures they have families and they were just like wanted to be nice and have some americans next to them some friendly faces instead of strangers which i guess we were strangers but at that point we were friends so the next day our um two hostel mates found Durndal somewhere and we're like you know what let's text these guys see if our hostel mates can come too they seem really cool they seem fun they want to go to Oktoberfest they don't have a plan we know it's going to be a shit show for them if they don't come with us so they came with us and all of a sudden we had um we walked into Oktoberfest our guys met us up at the front brought us to the table and it was so much fucking fun and let me tell you those beers okay We've talked about this before. I grew up, I think I talked about it already in this episode. I grew up intolerant to gluten. Doctor said I would grow out of it. I kind of grew out of it, but I do have a tolerance. Like I do have a certain threshold where once I eat that much amount of gluten, I'll start to get a reaction again where I get like a headache, a migraine, I throw up, but I haven't had that in years because I don't let myself get past that threshold. And I... Beer has a lot of gluten in it, a lot of gluten, and yes, the gluten in other parts of the world are processed a lot better than Americans, um, American processing, however, I felt the wrath of the gluten, and I still feel like I'm feeling it. Got a bad headache, felt like I was gonna throw up, I didn't, thankfully, um, but the bloat that I've experienced just in general not even from Oktoberfest but I ate my way through Europe as I should but I ate my way through Europe I put I I have not stepped on the scale and I know I shouldn't have a scale don't don't yell at me we're working through this slowly okay but I had to have gained at least somewhere between five and ten pounds um for the first couple days of being home the bloat was so bad anything I ate my stomach especially up at the top and if you don't know up at the top of your stomach like just below your boobs where your ribs kind of end if you're bloated there like that's gluten that's a gluten bloat and that's where the bloat started and oh my god I was bloated for days but I ate so much good food like such good food and I don't regret any of it earlier in the year I was like so against drinking I was um, obviously in that like health mindset where I just kind of wanted to treat my body really well and it's not that I'm against that now I'm just incorporating more balance and also I think it's not that I was against drinking I'm I was against drinking the same, like, just drinking a vodka soda just to get drunk at the same bar in the same town with the same people every single weekend. In Europe, I drink a lot. (laughs) I drink a lot for me, but I was enjoying the process of trying different drinks. And before, like, I literally have said this multiple times before, even this year, of, like, I don't drink like for taste I would never just have a glass of wine with dinner that's not me but throughout this trip I started to not see the value in it but enjoy that 
and I started learning what kinds of wines I like and started trying different sorts of cocktails and like I think I had maybe like one or two vodka sodas the whole trip just because we did go to a couple clubs at certain points and like you're not gonna get obviously like a nice shaking cocktail at any of like a club but I was just like enjoying trying different things and different foods and I tried to I forced myself to try something try different food in each town that we were in in each country I really wanted to fully immerse myself in the flavors and the culture and the experience and um, again, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I've been reading Eat, Pray, Love and the um, first chapter where she goes to Italy and is really indulging in pleasure in the form of like food and culture and everything um, definitely inspired me because it it brings you into the present and it brings you in with your senses. And although, yes, now I'm like, okay, I ate too much. Like, I overindulged. I don't regret any of it. I enjoyed all of the food that I ate. And again, now that I let go of those limiting beliefs before, um, part of me, again, is like, if I had done the meditation retreat after and I had done this first, would I not have allowed myself to eat the foods and drink the drinks and enjoy that part of the experience. I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have been angry at myself the whole time and feeling guilty and having let go of those beliefs previously, I was able to be like much more kind and compassionate with myself and just like fully enjoying the moment and eating whatever I wanted to eat and knowing that like yeah if I'm bloated or yeah I gain a few pounds like I'm uncomfortable and um but it's not forever it's it's temporary and once I get home I can kind of focus on my health again but this is this is about enjoying the experience I think an important piece of being present in these trips too is not having such intense plans or expectations. A lot of times when you're doing a trip like this, it's kind of like instinctual to want to plan it down to every minute, especially if you're someone that's very organizational. Oh my god, I'm losing my words. You know what I'm saying. It's easy to want to plan every single second and make sure that you go to all the main places that you're supposed to go to in each city and eat all the things and go to all the restaurants and find the top 10 places to visit or, you know, do how to do this place in three days and follow that to a T. And it's like, I had the best experiences and met the best people when we were just we just stumbled across them. We were just wandering or we just started a, up a conversation with the person next to us. Like, that's the way to do Europe. That's the way to do life in general. Like, everything felt so in alignment and everything just kind of fell into place because we just didn't have a plan and we didn't have expectations and it was just fun. And we were just so in our joy and following our joy and in the pursuit of joy and like that's where our mind and our heart space and our energy was oriented to so that was like magnetic for those experiences we were magnetic for those experiences 
and we were able to easily find them. We just happened to stumble across people that brought us into free Oktoberfest. We just happened to stumble across the most beautiful castles and statues and little cafes, and we just happened to meet and live and experience the most amazing, cool people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, it's so cool to say now that I have friends from all over the world. And again, like, I wouldn't have been in, I wouldn't have been able to have those experiences and meet those people had I not been in such a confident and high vibrating level of energy from the meditation retreat. Um, There were so many different points where my cousin was like, every time I turn around, Bryn's talking to someone new or she's got like five people just zoned in on her in a conversation. Like I'm just sitting up at a bar and I'm surrounded by people just having a conversation that like I started. And that, that was just like a year ago. That was just so not me to start the conversations, to turn to someone or to be like, that person right there, I want to talk to them. And I walk up to them and I talk to them. I say, hi, my name's Bryn. What's your name? Where are you from? What's your deal? You work here? Oh, cool. And just like getting to know people. But that came from being in that joyful energy. But also, like, it gave me more confidence. Like, I can do that now, I feel like, anywhere. A few things that I learned about Europe in general, and this one is from the book Eat, Pray, Love, um, The Sweetness of Doing Nothing, and I totally saw that in Europe. Whether it be, like, the stores closing, the shops, or the cafes closing and stuff, um during like 3 to 5 p.m. um, or dinner reservations not starting until 8 or people just from all over the world walking and moving slowly and doing whatever the fuck they want or sitting in parks in the middle of their Tuesdays um, listening to a guy play his heart out on the piano and journaling or just wandering through the streets again in the smack dab middle of their week or sitting at a cafe reading a book eating a little croissant and drinking a cup of coffee or an espresso it's like there was no rush nobody was determined to be somewhere or there was nothing more important than the present moment for them and yes, I'm fantasizing and romanticizing it because I don't live there, but but people just stood where they were, you know? Like, they just stood in their feet where they were at that moment, and they were looking around and enjoying and just being in the mundane sweetness of nothing. It's like if you've ever been to New York City and you're like crossing one of the streets and you have all of the people that live there 
even literally just walking down any of the streets, all of the people that live there, everyone is like on the phone and like moving so fast and determined to get where they're going. And there's just mass amounts of people moving in such a fast, intense, high energy flow and, and so not present. And if you're someone that doesn't live there, you're a tourist, like you can't, like you got to be in that flow. Like you got to walk with determination and hustle and know where you're going in order to not get stumbled on while you're just walking through the streets of New York City. Whereas in the middle of Lisbon, it's like, that's still a city, but, and there's still people crossing streets and stuff, but everybody's like, everyone's there, you know? Everyone is there and no one is freaking the fuck out. No one is hustling to get anywhere. They're just going to look for a cafe to sit at. Kind of going alongside that ease that the Europeans have, I also noticed that all of their life there is so beautiful and they create their life and everything is romantic. Everything is art. Life in Europe is art. Their food, how they dress, their environments and the spaces they occupy, their whole days in and of itself are art. They live in beauty. The streets, the interior designs, the interior designs of even the most empty of restaurants that we walked past was beautiful. The street shows on a Thursday night in Lisbon the the detail the detail of the cathedrals and the doors and the the siding of the buildings and the statues and the cobblestone streets i was showing my mom some pictures and um videos and just like of one of the areas in lisbon it was literally like in front of a fucking burger king it was tucked away in a corner and the street was um it was tile but it had um, like, a nice finish and a design on it, and my mom was like, oh, is that, like, one of the town centers? Is that, like, the, like, a stage or something? And I was like, no, nope, that's, that's just in front of a Burger King. That's just, that's just their streets. And it's like, they care so much about their appearance, not in a I'm better than you competitive sort of way, but just, like, I'm creating my life and I am I'm dressing in a way where I look put together and I don't want to say presentable but presentable like very stylish and it's like you woke up and put yourself together and made yourself feel good and then you created an outfit and then you went and created a beautiful breakfast for yourself or you went and ate a beautiful breakfast that someone else created like everything they do their whole lives they're moving through and in creation and art and it's like pda too (laughs) everyone was publicly displaying their affection for one another um I personally don't like PDA. I am, my love language is definitely physical touch, but there is a certain extent where I'm private as well. And oh boy, they display their love and I freaking love it. Like everything is just so romanticized there as it should be. Like it just, like they're just living life 
in life and how and just experiencing it and expressing it and oh it just it's beautiful and the markets and the flowers and just everything and I don't know maybe I just like it because it's different because the amount of people that were like oh I've been wanting to go to America or I really like America um that were from Europe I get it you want what you can't have but nonetheless I think all in all it just the way that they live life there as I've mentioned a million times already is just so much more how I personally feel like we are supposed to live as humans having a human experience on this earth. Every day there I just felt so free and inspired and bold and kind of like just like my higher self in a sense. Um, I posted something on my Instagram, I don't even remember what the post was, um, but I want to read the caption to you because, again, it kind of encompasses my whole entire trip and the freedom that I felt. I've never felt so free and so alive in my entire life. From standing on top of a mountain peak to jumping off of boats, meditating at sunrise and swimming alone in the Mediterranean, from running off of a mountain until I flew over a city to tanning in the nude with new friends, eating whatever the fuck I wanted and riding on the back of strangers' scooters, from screaming into mountains just to hear them scream back, to singing at the top of my lungs and dancing my heart out in front of a crowded bar, from introducing myself to strangers, to giving lots of hugs, to turning inwards and letting go of my most attached limiting beliefs, from seeing my beauty and the magic in me, to laughing until I cried and crying until I laughed, and being loud and weird and taking up space. I have never felt so free and alive in my entire life. My heart has been ripped wide open. When I tell you that I can physically feel the energy in my heart just absolutely breaking open and like oh I don't know how to explain it and just ripping out of my body and just spewing out everywhere in the best way possible like I just felt and I still do feel so open and free like that word I would say encompasses the whole trip like even now I will think back to something that happened I don't know in the first couple days in Cyprus and I just like have the biggest smile on my face or there's little moments and experiences that I remember where I can physically feel my heart just feel and just I don't I just am filled with joy and typically when I come home from these types of trips, um, just like bigger life-changing trips where I kind of go on some sort of adventure. I come home and I feel horrible because there's, I don't feel like I belong in my home anymore. Whether it's the people, the environments, whatever, I have a hard time kind of coming down from the trip and also coping with everything and just kind of getting reoriented, right? So I was very, very afraid um, to come home. I think this is the longest I've ever been 
away from home on a trip. I mean, I was a completely different person the first week, at the end of the first week, um, let alone two more weeks. I, I have completely transformed. And of course, part of me is scared because I'm like, oh shit, I got a lot of work. I got a lot more work to do when I get home. Um, now that I'm letting go of these, I'm choosing to let go of these limiting beliefs, A. Um, B, I feel I'm afraid to accidentally slip back into my life again and the person that I was before. And like, holy shit, I'm going to bring hellfire to the people around me um, just as I cope with everything and sort through these emotions. But instead, when I came home, I was just still on that high, like so high, just like eyes bugging, heart open, radiating high. And even talking about all this, like I feel really good again. Um, And I'm smiling even right now, just thinking about the trip because talking about it re-inspires me. But now that I'm like I've been home for like a week and a half um and I this past week I've also learned a few things first of all um my highs were so high like jumping off like running off of a mountain I went paragliding in Switzerland running off of a mountain and just flying and just being over a city and the most beautiful view I've ever seen like that is a high that is a high high or like talking to new people and making new cool friends and having all these cool new experiences and jumping into freezing cold lakes and singing karaoke at the top of my lungs in a bar like riding on the back of scooters like like those are high highs so being home I was like holy shit I I want alcohol. I want, like, I was just fiending for highs again, but in a very Buffalo way, Buffalo, New York way. Like, I obviously can't go run off of a mountain here. Um, so, you know, I have been craving those, like, more tangible easily accessible highs like I'm kind of falling back into needing dopamine rushes from my phone and um yeah just like looking for dopamine anywhere possible so once I realized that and I realized that my highs were very high and they're rare and unfortunately I clustered them a lot of really high highs into a very short amount of time I have to like reorient my brain back to the mundane and find the joy in the little things. I also realized since being home that um, I was comparing Buffalo to Europe a lot and how no one here really cares about creating anything for themselves. Um, They don't care about romanticizing life, about prioritizing their joy, about living in a slower more enjoyable creative life no one cares about the way they look or doing anything that 
gives them joy or expands their mind and I shouldn't say no one um that is a huge generalization but the general mindset in Buffalo at least or that small town mindset of um more of the American mindset right of the manufacturing of people of you go to school and you get the job and you find the person and you marry the person you have the kids and you sustain your career and then you retire whatever and then you live your life and then you die um like that's the mindset everyone is in not everyone fuck I keep saying everyone that's the mindset of the town And it's hard to not have that mindset and be in a more expansive mindset while still living here. Also, especially as it is becoming winter very quickly. I left summer and I came back to winter. That's how fast shit changes here. However, as much as I can identify that mindset that everyone is stuck in, I also keep myself stuck in it in a sense. Um, I live here and I am living in the comfort of my home in my hometown and I live at home and I'm grateful to be able to say that I am very privileged. I live a comfortable life and I have been keeping myself nice and comfortable because why would I want to be uncomfortable? I had the realization this week as well that um, it's like my ego has been distracting me. No, it it is. My my ego has been distracting me um, and kind of hiding the secret of my potential somewhere in my subconscious. And I'm very scared to start tapping into it because it's going to mean a lot of challenge and a lot of growth. And I have not challenged myself in a very long time. I haven't even, <laughs> I haven't taken a test, I haven't gone to school, I haven't, um, I haven't been needing to be responsible other than my part-time job in a very long time, let alone self-motivated responsibility. So, where to next? That is the greatest question that I have been pounding. I've been trying to avoid in my head, I should say, um, for the past week. <laughs> um, I don't really, I don't know. I know that I have to start, I have to start. I have to open the door a little bit. I have to start dipping my toe and researching a couple different things that I might want to do and I know that the right opportunities will come my way once I open that door. So I guess the first step is knowing that I need to take the first step. Um, Yeah, in terms of right now trying to keep this positive mindset and trying to keep inspired by the Europeans, I've decided that I can't just hate my life here in Buffalo. Like, yeah, it's gray out and um, I don't love this town. I also could make matters worse for myself by just staying in my room all day every day or I can go out and live how Europeans might live and try to start showing up as my higher self and I don't know, instead of sitting in my room, 
um, staring at the wall, go to a cafe and stare at the wall. I don't know, because maybe I will stumble across an amazing person or whatever that changes something. I don't know. So right now I'm going to do my best to find opportunity and experience here and romanticize my life here and start incorporating some of the values that I like and want to live in that I learned while I kind of sort through what I want to do next and wait for the opportunity to fall right into my hands. And if you're someone that is in hustle culture, you're going to hate that I just said that, but I I know that things come to me with ease simply because I've chosen that mindset. And if that makes you uncomfortable, that's that's on you. Sorry, that's some tough love. Um, but but I truly believe that as long as I am working through these blocks of mine and working on manifesting and visualization and making the tiny little efforts and taking tiny little steps and actions towards whatever goals I have or manifestations that I want, everything will flow to me in alignment and with ease. So no, I'm not just going to sit in my room and pick my nose and um, an opportunity is going to fall into my lap. That's not what I'm saying. We can talk about manifestation another time. This is already really long, so... In terms of traveling, I do have a few more travel plans coming up, but they're not anything, like, big or extravagant. Um, it's all, like, weddings, family things, that kind of stuff. So, I asked you on Instagram if you had any questions for me for the podcast for this episode um so there were a couple questions I pretty much already answered everything (laughs) and there's a few that I that I can't answer my friend that I met in Switzerland Lena asked who the coolest person I met was and aside from Lena herself because how badass of a person do you have to be to quit your job and not only solo travel for the first time but solo travel in Europe for the first time for a couple months with not much of a plan um I think you have to be pretty badass and pretty cool of a person to do that so Lena for sure gets one of the coolest people that I've met inspired me 100 percent and empowered me for sure another really honestly everyone I met was so cool especially in the hostels because everyone was just like yeah I quit my job and I'm just traveling for a few months or they didn't even quit their job they just they do another really cool job but it's a seasonal job so then in the off season they travel this one guy at the actually I met some pretty cool people in Switzerland um this one guy, Jesse, at the Switzerland hostel, too, was, I'm pretty sure he's, like, a whitewater rafting instructor in Colorado in the 
in the summer season I think and then in the fall or the off season whenever he takes his solo paragliding shoot and travels around the world and jumps off of mountains and flies on his paraglide paraglider is that what you call it I don't know and he was just and he's from California he's such a like a surfer dude like a hang tan brother kind of dude like epitome his name's fucking Jesse like like that is a cool dude right there oh my god like just the coolest go with the flow people that totally inspired me to live my fucking life and to not stay caught in the the American quote-unquote dream mindset and even the people that didn't quit their jobs that I talked to the jobs that they did have were still either a gave them like six weeks of vacation time which those were all like the people that lived in Europe because in Europe you get a fuck ton of vacation time or the jobs that they had were jobs that they enjoyed. They were, like, literally, like, fun hobby jobs. Like, who says you can't be a whitewater rafting instructor or a surfing instructor or, I mean, granted, I'm sure these jobs don't get paid super well, but if you have a couple of jobs that you, that are literally just your hobbies that you enjoy and you get to talk to people, like, and then you get to travel in the off-season, like, fuck yeah, you can do that and maybe granted you can't support a family off of that but you're in your 20s I don't know (laughs) I know a couple people that are gonna are cringing at me saying this but it just that life is meant to be enjoyed you're literally meant to have a good time and have fun anyways um (laughs) someone else asked what my favorite meal was and everywhere just had such different food um obviously was a huge sucker for the croissants and gelato everywhere Uh, my favorite meal though was definitely the last meal we had in cyprus it was like a home-cooked authentic greek meal oh so good like all the best greek food you could imagine or just like a good euro i really like greek food and mediterranean food Um, I also tried octopus there, and I really liked that. Unfortunately, the rest of the questions I cannot answer. So, if you made it this far, you now know that I've grown and changed a lot very quickly. I feel like an entirely new person. Um, There's still a lot of work that needs to be done in this little brain of mine. Um, The work is never done on this journey of life, but... Right now, I am enjoying the person I'm becoming. I'm enjoying the person I am, and I'm excited for the person I'm becoming. As I evolve, my content on Instagram continues to evolve with me. I think that was very apparent, um, at least from my artistic perspective, throughout the past couple of weeks and I am not sure I want to approach Instagram the same way that I have been. I used to use Instagram stories basically as like this, like my podcast, and 
I just don't know if I feel comfortable doing that anymore. Like, it's really weird to see who's watching your stories. And yeah, I could just not look, but I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm there yet. And just like, I've had more people that I know from my personal life follow me on that account recently on Balance of Brand. And it's like, it makes it definitely harder for some reason and that much more vulnerable to share myself whatever parts of myself and what's going on in my mind um to people that like you kind of know that like live at your hometown but aren't like your close friends um it's just weird so I don't know it's definitely been more difficult to be open on there and also I just think that like that's just not what Instagram is for um obviously I'm still gonna do my best to be real on there but I think I like writing and talking on, oops, and talking on here much more. It feels more fluid and more, feels right. Like what the, the intention of the media that this specific media is for. So, um, if you are someone that used to listen to my freaking story rants, um, I'll definitely be kind of transferring those into either this podcast and I have been I really haven't I've really cut back a lot even before I left with talking on Instagram stories just because I was trying to sort some stuff out in my own brain before I just bring that on Instagram um but yeah we can chat on here and obviously as I say every single episode you are more than welcome to chat with me on my dms in my dms about any of this if you resonate if you relate so i think i think i'm gonna leave it at that um this is the longest episode but probably my favorite episode that i've ever recorded and if you've made it this far i really really appreciate you listening um yeah i love sharing so i'm grateful that you give me the space to do so. I'm sure there's a million things that I left out that I really wanted to talk about, but I feel like I covered a lot. Well, here is to leveling up despite being ready or not, being scared and doing it anyways, ditching your comfort zone, and stepping into our power and our potential updates to come. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you soon.